As a believer, reading God's Word is a critical part of your daily spiritual journey. And because it's so important, we've created a unique new resource to help you immerse yourself in biblical truth and open your eyes to all God's Word has for you. It's a free PDF download called The Word One-to-One that takes you on a guided journey through John chapter one. With biblical text and short commentary, each page provides insights that will strengthen your faith in an easy to read guided format. There's truly no other resource like this. Download your free PDF copy today at premierinsight.org forward slash resources. That's premierinsight.org forward slash resources. Hello friends, I'm Rick Warren and welcome to Spurgeon's Sermons. This is the official podcast brought to you by Premier and Spurgeon's College. You know, the teachings of Charles Spurgeon have had a personal impact on my life in a profound way and I'm confident they'll do the same for you. So get ready to be challenged, equipped and guided by Charles Spurgeon who is universally regarded as the greatest English preacher in the history of the church. Supposing Him to be the Gardener, a sermon by Charles Spurgeon, part three. Supposing Him to be the Gardener, John's Gospel, chapter 20, verse 15. Thirdly, I have found in this supposition, supposing Him to be the Gardener, a relief from crushing responsibility. One has a work given him of God to do, And if he or she does it rightly, they cannot do it carelessly. The first thing when he awakes, he asks, how is the work prospering? And the last thought at night is, what can I do to fulfil my calling? Sometimes the anxiety even troubles her dreams, and she sighs, O Lord, send now prosperity. How is the garden prospering which we are set to tend? Are we broken-hearted because nothing appears to flourish? Is it a bad season? Or is the soil lean and hungry? It is a very blessed relief to an excess of care if we can fall into the habit of supposing him to be the gardener. If Jesus be the Master and Lord in all things, it is not mine to keep all the church in order. I am not responsible for the growth of every Christian, nor for every backslider's errors, nor for every professor's faults of life. This burden must not lie on me so that I shall be crushed by it, Supposing him to be the gardener then, the church enjoys a better oversight than mine. Better care is taken of the garden than could be taken by the most vigilant watchers, even though by night the frost devoured them and by day the heat. Supposing him to be the gardener, then all must go well in the long run. He that keeps Israel doth neither slumber nor sleep. We need not fret and despond. I beg you, earnest workers, who are becoming depressed, to think this out a little. You see, it is yours to work under the Lord Jesus. 
but it is not yours to take the anxiety of his office into your souls, as though you were to bear his burdens. The under-gardener, the workman in the garden, needs not fret about the whole garden as though it were all left to him. No, no. Let him not take too much upon himself. I pray you, ease your anxiety by the facts of the case. So you have a number of young people around you, and you are watching for their souls, as they that must give account. This is well, but do not be worried and wearied, for after all the saving and the keeping of those souls is not in your hands, but it rests with one far more able than yourself. Just think that the Lord is the gardener. I know it is so in matters of providence. A certain man of God in troublous times became quite unable to do his duty because he laid to heart so much the ills of the age. He became depressed and disturbed, and he went on board a vessel wanting to leave the country, which was getting into such a state that he could no longer endure it. Then one said to him, Mr. Whitelock, are you the manager of the world? No, he was not quite that. Did not God get on pretty well with it before you were born? And don't you think he will do very well with it when you are dead? That reflection helped to relieve the good man's mind, and he went back to do his duty. I want you thus to perceive the limit of your responsibility. You are not the gardener himself. You are only one of the gardener's boys, set to run on errands, or to do a bit of digging, or to sweep the paths. The garden is well enough managed, even though you are not head manager in it. While this relieves us of anxiety, it makes labour for Christ very sweet, because if the garden does not seem to repay us for our trouble, we say to ourselves, it is not my garden after all. Supposing him to be the gardener, I am quite willing to work on a barren piece of rock, or tie up an old withered bough, or dig a worthless sod. For if it only pleases Jesus, the work is for that one sole reason profitable to the last degree. It is not mine to question the wisdom of my task, but to set about it in the name of my Master and Lord. Supposing him to be the gardener lifts the ponderous responsibility of it from me, and my work becomes pleasant and delightful. In dealing with the souls of men and women, we meet with cases which are extremely difficult. Some persons are so timid and fearful that you do not know how to comfort them. Others are so fast and presumptuous that you hardly know how to help them. A few are so double-faced that you cannot understand them, and others so fickle that you cannot hold them. Some flowers puzzle the ordinary gardener. We meet with plants which are covered with prickles, and when you try to train them, they wound the hand that would help them. These strange growths would make a great muddle for you if you were the gardener. 
but supposing him to be the gardener. You have the happiness of being able to go to him constantly, saying, Good Lord, I do not understand this singular creature. It is as odd a plant as I am myself. Oh, that you would manage it, or tell me how. I have come to seek your counsel. Constantly our trouble is that we have so many plants to look after that we have not time to cultivate any one in the best manner because we have 50 more all wanting attention at the time. And then before we've done with the watering pot, we have to fetch the hoe and the rake and the spade and we are puzzled with these multiple cares, even as Paul was when he said, that which cometh upon me daily the care of all the churches. Ah, then, it's a blessed thing to do the little we can do and leave the rest to Jesus, supposing him to be the gardener. In the church of God, there is a discipline which we cannot exercise. I do not think it is half so hard to exercise discipline as it is not to be able to exercise it when yet you feel that it ought to be done. The servants of the householder were perplexed when they might not root up the tares. Didst thou not sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? An enemy hath done this. Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? Not so, said he, lest ye root up the wheat with them. This afflicts the Christian minister when he must not remove a pestilent, hindering weed. Yes, but supposing him to be the gardener, and it is his will to let the weed remain, what have you and I to do but to hold our peace? He has a discipline more sure and safe than ours, and in due time the tares shall know it. In patience let us possess our soul. And then again, there is that succession in the garden which we cannot keep up. Plants will die down and others must be put into their places or the garden will grow bare. But we know not where to find these fresh flowers. We say when yonder good man dies, who will succeed him? That is a question I have heard many a time till I am rather weary of it. Who is to follow such a man? Let us wait till he is gone and needs following. Why sell the man's coat when he can wear it himself? We are apt to think that when this race of good brethren shall die out, that none will arise worthy to unloose the latchets of their shoes. Well, friend, I could suppose a great many things, but this morning my text is, supposing him... To be the gardener. And on that supposition, I expect that the Lord has other plants in reserve which you have not yet seen, and these will exactly fit into our places when they become empty, and the Lord will keep up the true apostolical succession till the day of his second advent. In every time of darkness and dismay, when the heart sinks and the spirits decline, and we think it is all over with the church of God, let us fall back on this, supposing him to be the gardener, 
and expect to see greater and better things than these. We are at the end of our wits, but he is not at the beginning of his yet. We are nonplussed, but he never will be. Therefore let us wait and be tranquil, supposing him to be the gardener. Fourthly, I want you to notice that this supposition will give you a deliverance from many gloomy fears. I walked down the garden and I saw a place where all the path was strewn with leaves and broken branches and stones. And I saw the earth upon the flower beds tossed about and roots lying quite out of the ground. All was in disorder. Had a dog been amusing himself? Or had a mischievous child been at work? If so, it was a great pity. But no, in a minute or two I saw the gardener come back and I perceived that he had been making all this disarrangement. He had been cutting and digging and hacking and mess-making and all for the good of the garden. It may be it has happened to some of you that you have been a good deal clipped lately and in your domestic affairs things have not been in so fair a state as you would have wished. It may be in the church we have seen ill weeds plucked up and the barren branches lopped so that everything is en déshabille. Well, if the Lord has done it, our gloomy fears are idle. Supposing him to be the gardener, all is well. As I was talking this over with my friend, I said to him, supposing him to be the gardener, then the serpent will have a bad time of it. Supposing Adam to be the gardener, then the serpent gets in and mischief comes of it. But supposing Jesus to be the gardener, woe to thee, serpent, there's a blow for thy head within half a minute if thou dost but show thyself within the boundary. So if we are afraid that the devil should get in among us, let us always in prayer entreat that there may be no space for the devil because the Lord Jesus Christ fills all and keeps out the adversary. Other creatures besides serpents intrude into gardens, caterpillars and palmer worms, and all sorts of destroying creatures are apt to devour our churches. How can we keep them out? The highest wall cannot exclude them. There is no protection except one, and that is supposing him to be the gardener. Thus it is written, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. Thank you for listening, friends. This podcast was brought to you by Premier in association with Spurgeon's College. For more Christian podcasts, sermons, and music, Head back to the website premier.plus and sign in for free.